This is the Mac and Miles Show, only on 88.1 The Berg. Welcome one, welcome all. We are back in the studios of 88.1 The Berg. It's Mac. I'm Miles. Mac, we're kind of in the thick of the quarter now. How's it going for you? You know, it's going great. Staying strong, getting my homework assignments turned it on time, you know, just doing the most to keep my grades up. Miles, how are you? How's interning going for you? Interning is going well. A lot of recapping games, working on some feature content now for athletics. It's been a good experience so far, and I hope it only gets better. It seems like it's really flying by. But, Mac, you know what I'm really enjoying? What are you enjoying? the sun we've had the last couple days. Oh, my God. You know, we had that snow last week at the beginning of last week, and ever since that, like, one snow day, it's just been such beautiful weather. High Mm -hmm. 50s or mid 50s, I should say. Love it. You know, get my vitamin C intake. Got to get those vitamins right. Are you a guy that burns easily, Mac? I'm not one that burns easily too much, I will say. But if I don't put sunscreen on, I definitely will burn. But if I get like that tanning lotion on, I get a nice tan, look like a, a little, little Guido. Tan, yeah, get a little Guido. Oh, I, I just I burn like like bacon, man. It's bad. Ooh, that's like a lobster. You sizzle out there. Looks like a lobster. I tell you what, though, it's got me excited for the upcoming spring and summer following that. Oh, it's that gonna be and... such a great spring quarter this and this Mac, year. Oh my god. Tell me if I'm wrong, but does Central have any outdoor courts or hoops? They do back they in, do? in the Bassettis. They have like the half court hoops. You oh, know, they're like the ghetto I, I prison. I thought there was, Bassetti but I wasn't hoops. sure. And I was just thinking, Central's got to have some outdoor hoops. And then at North Campus, they have like that, like undersized half or full court little this, thing. This like kind of weather, though, hoops. even though it's still a little chilly, it, it makes me want to go outside and shoot some hoops. You know what I mean? Hey, you can it's come not join. Not necessarily in, in the Cirque because, you know, it's I would say you can court, come and join me in the Cirque. We can play some twos or something, get some play, some three yeah. on three. I don't know about five on five, really. Like, five on five might be a little tricky. The people at the five on fives get a little bit too into it, acting like it's a game seven of the finals. A little bit, yeah. Cussing you out, bit. yelling at you, screaming at you. I'm like, dude, it's pickup basketball, buddy. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's pickup basketball. Slow your roll, buddy. Yeah. But still, like the weather, it, it makes me want to go outside and shoot some hoops. I did that a lot as a kid. And back when I was about, mm, I want to say 16. I went out and my net, my net on my hoop was uh, getting kind of ratty and old, so I took it off. And I went out and bought like a $10 one. That was a chain net. And I'll tell you what, one of the best purchases I ever made. I love, there's th- for some reason, there's something, there's nothing more satisfying than swishing a shot on a chain net. It's so nice. You know, I think it has to do with something like, you remember the movie Space Jam with Michael Jordan mm-hmm. at the very beginning? He's out there shooting on the chain net. I really think that sets the tone. And then like white man can't jump. They're shooting on the on the chain net and this and that. I feel like it's just like, just old school basketball, that old school OG. It's like you're in the playground. Yeah, it's literally, like you're in the just playground. like you're in the playground. It's just such a nice ring to your ears when you swish that. Even in 2K when you're playing park, you hear those nice little uh-huh. chain nets going. One of the best purchases I've ever made. I definitely agree. I miss you. I kind of miss it, nets. yeah. Yeah. And actually, my parents got rid of the basketball hoop when I moved out here for school. So. Oh, what a shame. Don't you didn't take it anymore. with you, man. No, I didn't take it with me. Yeah, It's kind of hard to lug over here, you know? That is true, unless you have a pickup truck. Or unless you have a pickup truck. That's true. work. Back to hoops, though. Today on the show, we're talking a little bit a bit about LeBron and Kyrie and that romance going on. We're going to talk about that Oladipo injury, some unsung heroes for Mac and I, some trade rumors, and we're going to close it out with some picks. We're going to have a very, very fun podcast. It's going to be a lot of high energy, a lot of high debates. We're going to get really into this podcast. This might, one might be the best podcast we've had yet, Miles. Might I will be. Say, I'm pretty it's, pumped about it. We'll, very exci- we'll see. We'll see what Very happens great, juicy stuff we have coming for you guys. Exactly. But first, so let's get into this LeBron and Kyrie bromance. Mac, would you break it down for me a little bit? All right. So pretty much like a week or two ago, the Celtics were not looking too hot. You know, they had just lost to the Orlando Magic, and Kyrie was running his mouth in the media about his team, 
arguing with his coach, arguing with players, you know, just basically calling out his teammates in the media, talking about, oh, I've won a ring, you guys don't know anything, da da da. So, anyways, Kyrie calls LeBron about some like leadership things, see like what he can do to become a better leader, what LeBron do- did when he was like in Kyrie's same shoes, and like how LeBron handles it, what LeBron likes to do, and pick, see, and like how LeBron leads. So, basically, it was just like on some like father son relationship talk you know what i'm saying it's just like father hey, son or more like little brother i would say father so you know you, you go so? to sometimes you go to your dad and just hey, talk about Kyrie's like a young guy but he's not that young hey lebron lebron carried him cradled him when he was just a little baby into uh-huh. the finals uh-huh. and then, that's true that and then Kyrie true. grew up in front of everyone's Kyrie eyes exploded in the finals. that cocoon and buried that three exactly so i was like you know when you're like a young and you're a teenager talking to your dad about like relationship advice or like this and that kind of like sort of like that sort of thing with Kyrie and braun Okay. And then, so he's talking about being a leader, like what Kyrie can do, like how does, like, how can Kyrie become a better leader and a better teammate? Basically, that's what the conversation was about. Then LeBron, like a week later, a couple days later, goes on Instagram. And on Instagram, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Snapchat, how you make stories and stuff. So he makes an Instagram story and he's serenading Kyrie and it tags Kyrie. And it is, and it literally says it's the song Rewind by Fetty Wap, and it just goes like, rewind, rewind, rewind. Wow, man. On some... Get some pipes. Oh, thank you. But anyway, it just basically goes something like that and tag Kyrie in it. And of course, LeBron, since he's pretty bored not playing in basketball games, he has to go back to doing his other hobby, which is being a drama queen, creating just stories in the media, just doing, just putting his name out there because he's bored and wants to see his name in the media. So, because no one was really talking about him. They were talking about how horrible the Lakers are doing. So then he had to go do that. And now people are thinking, oh, Kyrie to the Lakers in the offseason. So yet again, another superstar NBA player is now linked to going to the Lakers this summer. And, you know, I can't deal with it. I'm tired of hearing about stars going to the Lakers. Do we have to count down how many players have um, been linked to the Lakers this past like year and a half? Do we? It's, it's the glitz and the glam, man. It's I mean, it's, it's a destination I mean, city Paul, for these NBA let's just, players. Let's just name over five players off the top of my head right now. Paul George. Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis. The list goes on and on and on. Basically, Russell any Westbrook, couple Russell Westbrook ago. a couple seasons ago, yeah. when, when him and Anthony Davis are going to form a super team out in LA. It's just, it's just a joke. I'm done hearing about it. Demar Derozan even at a time was linked to LA. Mm-hmm. Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, every single summer, it's always rumored the Lakers are going to sign this person, that person. And guess what, Miles? They never ever signed that they player. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing what, this Lakers talk. They they let PG thirteen get away. Nope. You know what? They did. They could have they had the pieces to trade for him when he was still in Indy and they just said, you know what, he'll sign here in the offseason, we'll let him go. And look what he did. He goes and resigns with your OKC Thunder. And that, exactly. Let's go. And now he's having an MVP here. You know, I would Absolutely. I would argue he's after Saturday's game or yet not Saturday's game, last night's game against Milwaukee when PG dunked on Giannis, you know what he was doing right there? Dunking his way into the number State, two spot in the MVP. Dunk, huh? Dunking his way into the number two spot in the MVP rankings, right behind James Harden. I still got James Harden. Harden huh? I still got James Harden number one, PG number two. But you know what? Here's a fun fact. We're gonna talk about this, and we'll go back to Kyrie. PG, no pun intended, right here. I think he has a Defensive Player of the Year on locks, just like he has the whole league, pretty much. And then if he wins MVP, he might be the first player to win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. I'm pretty sure since the late great Michael Jordan won it. So there's a Fun fact for the day. I don't know. I don't we'll think Kobe. That, yeah. I don't think Kobe ever won a Defensive Player of the Year. He's the only other person I thought. 
He was what, more of that cold-blooded scorer. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan was the last person to win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same season. I am pretty sure you can fact-check me. I don't know. But anyway, back to this Kyrie stuff. So now this brings up the question with Kyrie and Braun. Is Kyrie leaving Boston a real possibility? Miles, what do you think? You know, he said before the season started, he's like, he, he told the Boston media and all the fans, I want to resign here. And then, like you said, he, you brought up some of the things he said to his teammates, and he's having fights with the coaches and, and Brad Stevens, and it seems like it's kind of up in the air right now. And then you got him and Braun talking. I don't know what's going to happen. I think, like we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, I think it's more likely it ends up in New York, not, not L.A. I definitely agree with that. I just don't see – I really see Kyrie sticking it out in Boston personally. You know, I think Danny Ainge is one of the best general managers in the NBA. I mean, you see it with how many picks he has collected currently. You see it with the players that he has on his roster that were basically, besides for Kyrie and Gordon Hayward and Al Horford, I mean, they were all drafted to the team for the most part. Yeah, you got Jalen Rose and uh... – Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum. Sorry, not Jalen Rose. <laughs> Jalen Brown. <laughs> Terry Rozier. All yeah. like the main guys you hear about on the Celtics have basically been drafted. And, you know, I think this offseason, I think New Orleans, you know, with the AD thing, I will get up to talk about that later on the podcast with AD coming out, wanting a trade, wanting to leave New Orleans. I think Boston can make a real, real move. I think they're the leading contenders in the AD sweepstakes. You, you pair Jason Tatum. Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis, and you're in the East, the light scheduled East. That's some real the, trouble. The East is the least, yeah. Yeah, the lesser that's conference, some serious that's trouble. For sure. Sticking with the Celtics real quick, I just want to go off on a little tangent. You hear that anonymous Warriors player who said Gordy Hayward was a liability on both ends. You know, Gordy. What do you Hay- think of that? I think that's pretty disrespectful to talk about a former All Star. You know, with injuries like Gordon Hayward's, with where it's severe, like literally the bone is coming out of your skin. You saw it with Paul George. It took Paul George like. I would say two to three seasons to really get back to just like a really great elite level. It's going to take Gordon Hayward, I would say, this full season, the whole next season, or at least three quarters of next season. I think he's going to get back. It's really hard to come back from an injury. And on top of that, a basketball injury, just to get into basketball shape, I don't think people, they, they really devalue the shape that you have to be in, like the physical shape you have to be in. And when you're out for a whole year and you're in a walking boot for what, like, was he in a walking boot for like seven months or something? Six I feel or like. seven months. Six yeah. or seven months. I mean, he's not able to run or do anything. So he's still playing his way into shape. He couldn't even shoot a basketball. I mean, he, he didn't. He wasn't even able to shoot a basketball for like six or seven months last season anyway. So it's just like, you know, he's still trying to find his rhythm. It's going to take time. Trust the process. Word to my man's Joel Embiid. <laughs> There we go. You're right, though. I think I think it is going to take him a little while. But you're, I mean, and people have said that he kind of is playing timid. He's maybe not putting enough, pre- you know, maybe not testing that ankle as much as maybe he should be. But hey, you know, I'd be playing be timid traumatic. too. Be, when I, when be you traumatic. go up, to, when you go for an alley oop as hard as he did last season, the first game, and jump up in there, have a major collision, and fall on your ankle and snap your ankle, literally, so like the bone is pretty much sticking out of your ankle. I think you'd be a little timid too. I mean, you'd have some PTSD. I think he just needs to go to a sports therapist, you know, and just talk talk it over with him or her, that therapist, you know, really get, like, the mental side of his injury out of the way and, like, be, be okay with, like, risking injury. Because, you know, I don't think – I think when a bone comes out of your skin, it hurts quite a bit, quite a big I've deal. I've never experienced that. I would something think I, so. Yeah, it's something I wouldn't want to really deal with. I think it causes a lot of pain, a lot of traumatic effects right there. And I think that's what Gordon Hayward is really trying to work through is the mental aspects, the PTSD of his injury. And, you know, I think he's going to be fine here in a year and a half. And, you know, he's going to come back to 
prior to his injury, I mean, the dude, the savage on the court, man, all-star in the West as a, at small forward. And, you know, do we have to go over who was small forward in the West? When Gordon Hayward was an all-star, I don't think we really have to get into that. I think no. I think the people he, he was he was well deserving when he got that all-star yes, nod. Well earned. Absolutely. And you know, we back in those days, Kawhi Leonard was still in the West. You got Kevin Durant who was still in the West. I mean, those are two of the top five players in the NBA. Yeah, right then absolutely. And, there. and so Yeah, Gordy Hayward's no slouch. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think Boston's fine. Right now, I think Kyrie is going to stay in Boston. I mean, why would you? First off, Brad Stevens, I would argue he's the second. You know, I wouldn't even argue. I'm just going to say it. He's the second best coach in the NBA behind Greg Popovich. Yeah. Or you can put him in, fr- in front of Greg Popovich, however you want to do. I don't care. But he's the, either the one or not, two. I think not until he wins a ring. All right. Can, so the number two. So, okay. Number two best coach in the NBA. You got arguably one of the, the deepest roster in the entire NBA. You have a stockpile of draft picks, which we'll talk about later on the podcast. I mean, the Boston Celtics, even though it looks like they're capped out, which they're not really, they still have some cap space. They can still move pieces around. They have, they're, they're a team to look out for, especially with Danny Ainge being the aggressive GM that he is. I think especially if they get Anthony Davis. They can make serious moves still with the roster that they have. I don't see why Kyrie would, if winning is the most important thing and creating a winning legacy buy yourself what you want to do. That's why one of the main reasons he left LeBron. He wanted to win by himself and see what he could do. I think Boston is the place for him to be able to do that, to have the pieces around him, to give him the opportunity to win by himself and show himself what he can do and create that winning legacy by himself, which is in the end what Kyrie wanted. And that's why he went to Boston, ended up in Boston. And I think he stays in Boston. I don't think, I think this Bron and Kyrie thing is just LeBron being a drama king, drama queen, whatever you want to call it. Once again, <laughs> trying to get his name out in the media because he hasn't been talked about lately because he's been hurt forever. And, you know, I think it's just Braun creating drama, creating noise for no reason, just being the drama king instead of just the king. I like that take, Mac. Stay with us. We're going to stay in the East. We're going to talk about the Pacers next. Welcome back into the pod. Mac, we're going to stay in the East. We're talking about that Victor Oladipo injury. He just had surgery today on that ruptured quad tendon but the big question here for the Pacers is where do they go from here? Where do the Pacers go from here, Miles? You know, even with Victor Oladipo, I still saw him as a one-and-done team or a second-round exit team. Really? Yeah. I just The East, I don't see him beating Milwaukee in a series, Toronto in a series. I could see him. They're the third seed, so they would play the Nets. Yeah, I was going to say, they wouldn't match up with either of those guys. They'd play the, the Nets. In and the then, first round. And then who would they go play Philly in the next round? It depends, be the three on the, four seed? Um, depends on how the bracket shakes out. Yeah, well, I just don't. I don't see him even in the playoffs beating Philly, Boston, whoever they play in the second round. I just don't see him getting past like whoever that may be. And I see your point. Like I'm looking at the roster right now. Other than Oladipo, they have really their strong players are Demontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Tyreek Evans, Thad Young, Darren Collison, Corey Joseph can shoot a little bit. But other than that, a lot of young guys, TJ Leaf, Aaron Holiday, you know. Yeah, their roster isn't that good. They're they're just like they're just such a weird team, you know, because you know, no one, no star player, I think it's been said a million times, no marquee free agent's gonna sign in Indianapolis. So they're screwed in free agency. They gotta draft their guys. But uh, the thing is they can't even draft guys because they're so because they have a good record. They're thirty two and sixteen currently, and they're third in the Eastern Conference. And you know, I think the Indy, Indy has to make a move, and you know. What's that move, Mac? 
we're gonna should we talk about it now or should we wait until we talk about trade rumors? I guess we can talk about it in trade rumors a little bit, but yeah, I think we can we can go ahead and talk about it. All right. I think the Pacers it was recently announced that Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies are listening. They're listening in on offers for Mike Conley and Marcus All. They're two like what would you call them? Franchise stars or two like yeah, marquee franchise players yeah. that they've had forever. And I say the Pacers offer Tyreek Evans, who's on an expiring contract, Darren Collison on an expiring contract, and Bohan Bogdanovich on expiring contracts for around ten to twelve million dollars each. For Mike Conley, who don't forget who has that five year, hundred and ninety five million max deal. Big money for Mike. Big money for Mike Conley. And I, and you know the the Grizzlies, they have nowhere to go but down into the tank. They're going into the pooper, as I will call it. <laughs> keep it, keep things rated PG on uh-huh, this podcast. Exactly. So they're going into the pooper. So I say they start going into the pooper by getting, by taking the expiring contracts of Tyreek Evans, Darren Collison, and Bohan Bogdanovich. Take that, take that trade, and then look to try to deal Marcus All someplace else, which we'll we will talk about coming up in a future segment here. And that's where the pace. They got to make a move here, and I think pairing. Mike Conley with Vic Oladipo, and then you got Thaddeus Young and Miles Turner. I say that's a decent core. Then you got to try to sign a three like Trevor Ariza, someone of a three and D caliber small forward in free agency. And I think that's what the Pacers should go and do. They already got Sabonis coming off the bench, who's a quality NS Cantor, six man type of guy. Absolutely. You got Aaron Holiday, who you know, he has. He's had Drew and Justin Holiday as two older brothers in the NBA for a long time, and now you got Aaron Holiday. So you know, you got the three. He's of got them he's that league. younger brother. He's been beat up. He knows how to. <laughs> he's tough. He's gritty. You know that's what it's like being the younger brother to two to two other players. And you know he's oh, yeah. he's he's hungry. He's tired of hearing about the success of Justin and Drew and this and that. It's Aaron's time, and you know I think he's he's gonna be a decent player. Scrappy plays hard. All the holidays are known for that, and I think they just gotta blow it up. The Pacers got to do that, get rid of their expiring three of their expiring contracts, and try to bring in Mike Conley because I think Memphis that's a good deal for Memphis. I think that's about the best that they can really do for Mike Conley. I mean, he's a thirty-year-old, thirty-one-year-old point guard, averaging twenty and six. I mean, there's not really a big market for guys like Mike Conley when there's already so many elite point guards. You know, like they, everyone wants that high-flying six-foot-four, six-foot-three. Guy that can shoot threes, dribble, where Mike Conley is more of just like that classic traditional point guard, gonna set you up, splash a three, not that athletic, kind of like, it's kind of like a mix of like Tony Parker and like if Manu Ginobili had like a basketball baby, I feel like, like, you know? Yeah. If Manu were like a point guard. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of just like that. He kind of plays at his own pace. And, uh, you know, give him credit where credit's due. He's become a lot better of a shooter over the last couple of years. That is very true. He's like, he's literally like probably the most underrated player in all of basketball. One of those guys that probably should should have been an all-star at least once or twice, but he's never been an all-star. Exactly. He's never been that player to really turn that all-star corner. He's just been like a solid, slightly above, or I would would definitely say, I wouldn't say slightly, uh, definitely above average point guard in the NBA, but he just hasn't turned that corner where he's in that all-star discussion. So I think. Tyreek Evans, I th- I think Memphis will op- welcome him back with open arms. Darren Collison, they'll welcome welcome him just because you know you're here for half a season. See you later in the off season. Right. And then at least Bogdanovich gives you three point shooting, and some liability be, be able to space the floor a little bit. He's not going to play much defense, but at least he can space the floor a little bit for you. And Mac, let me ask you this: yeah. so they're uh, 32 and what 16 right now? They are they're the third, third seed in the East. In the East. If they don't make that any any kind of trade, where do you think they end up? 
You know, I think they're going to be without Vic. Without Oladipo, I think they're going to be contending with the New Jersey Nets or the are they the New Jersey no, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I'm a little old school. <laughs> um, they're going to be fighting with the Nets for the 6th seed in the East. The Nets are currently 27 and 23. They're the 6th seed. Boston, I think they're going to go on a roll here the second half. They're the 5th seed at 30 and 19. If they don't make a move here, they're going to be a six seed, and they're going to be a one-and-done team. Say they do team. make a trade, though, even if it's not for Conley, just somebody else, somebody to bolster the roster the rest of the season. What do you think they end up at? You think they stay in third? No, they're not They're not staying in third without Oladipo. That's just bottom line. I see it. Even with a trade? Even with a trade. I mean, Oladipo just does and brings so much to the team. I mean, being a slasher, a guy that can get to the hole, create his own shot, and finish at the rim mm-hmm. is pretty rare in the NBA and to have a guy that can do it consistently like Oladipo has proven that he can do now, I mean, it really hurts when you don't have that guy that can really go out and get you a bucket when you really need one. And that's what Oladipo brings to the Pacers is that he's the guy that when you really need a bucket can go out and get you a bucket. And the now guy that they that don't can hit the big shot too. Yeah, and when I'm looking at when I look at my top one, two, three, four, my top five guys that are available on the market, none of them are able to do that. So. I think they're still going to be a sixth seed in the end now that Oladipo, unfortunately, is out for the season, and that's where they stand. They're going to be a six, six seed, one and done in the playoffs, and they're going to look forward to next year. You think with or without a trade, they still end up six seed? With or without a trade. I think, wow. they're, I think they're looking that's into next take. year. I think they're really looking into next year at this point. I mean, I agree with you, Mac. Like, even as a team, as it was assembled before Oladipo's injury, I don't think they were going that far. I think the third is kind of... The conference finals it's is a, a little major, bit of a false like eyebrow raiser. In, in yeah. the East being being the third seed, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not that tough. To, it's not that tough in the East, you know. Yeah, it's so top heavy as you said so many times. It's like the first. It's literally Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Boston, and I'd say the Pacers are the fifth best team. Yeah. And out of those five, but they're up there in third. Hey, I mean, that's cute. I mean, you're doing that in the regular <laughs> season. Cute. What's gonna happen come playoff time? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Who did the Pacers upset last season in the first round? Who did they upset? Did they? No, they um no, maybe, they played Cleveland. Upset, but... Remember they took Cleveland like seven games oh, in yeah, the first yeah, round. Yeah. They did, yeah. And then they took yeah they took LeBron and the Cavs to seven in the first round. This team is just still young though. And they had Cleveland on the ropes they too. Did, last but they're season. so young, and I, so I think you I think you have a good point. They might just be mailing it in for this season. Maybe they don't make a trade. Maybe they just decide, look, we'll, we'll make the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen, but they'll roll the dice. They want to build on something, but I think they. I don't want to speak for you know Nate McMillan and and um, Larry Bird, but I, th- I think maybe they knew deep down that this team wasn't going to go very far this year. They're still very young. They're still developing. You still got Myers, Miles Turner, who's like twenty two or twenty three, and he's an up and coming. He's a very underrated player in this league. I mean, not to mention Oladipo is only like twenty seven. Hey, 27 now with a ruptured what? What's his ruptured? Is quad ruptured quad tendon? Yeah, and he's a very athletic player. Yeah, and that's gonna do some damage. I'd have to do more research on it, but I don't know that that's an injury that is like hard to come back from or how rare those are. Um, I, I'm not didn't sure. Jimmy Graham ruptures? I think when you rupture your quad tendon, I think that's when your kneecap shoots no, up no, in no, your no. thigh. Jimmy did the did the patellar. He did oh, the, that's uh, the when knee. your kneecap pull goes no, up no. in your thigh. Yeah, he uh, Jimmy did the um, not Jimmy. As we're talking about Vic, Vic, Vic did the the quad is here. So oh, the, the quad's up there yeah. in your okay in your thigh. Yeah, yeah that's um. So he ruptured one of the one of the tendons here or here. I'm not sure which one. Be, that's a pretty painful injury. It sounds like that doesn't it sound seems like, like it would it be. Sounds, it seems pretty serious. Unfortunately, we're not medical 
what's it called, medical majors or anything. Doctors. We're not doctor majors. <laughs> we don't know what that's going to do. I guess we'll just have to wait and see like everyone else. He did have surgery today, though. That's good. Get that out of the way. Start get, rehab get here in the next couple here, of weeks, yeah. you know? But yeah, I see the Pacers at 60 miles. Where do you What do you see as yeah, Pacers I think I don't know that forward. they fall out of the playoffs, but I don't know that they fall as far as six. I think maybe they still have around five. Five, all right. All right I don't think they good. go any lower than six. Yeah, I don't know. The Pacers are in a very, very awkward and weird just place because right of now. How, just, just because of how bad the bottom of the East is, you know? For real, I mean, you look at – so the, the Nets like, – like, Look, they're 32 and 16 right now. How many games do they have left then? What's that, 48? 32 so have, 48. Uh, Let's, uh, I'll 20, do some quick math for 32 you. games left? 82 minus 48. They got 34, 34 games, games left. Say they split those and go 17 and 17. They still end up 49 and, and 33. It's not a bad That's record. a playoff team. Yeah, that's a that's a legit playoff team. But also, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look past after Boston, the sixth seed. You got the you got the Nets at twenty seven and twenty three. You got the Miami Heat who are five hundred, like twenty four and twenty four. And you got Charlotte, who's like, I believe they're either like twenty three and twenty five or like twenty four and twenty five somewhere in there. They're not even a five hundred team. So after Boston, after I would say, the, yeah, after Boston, pretty much the teams are pretty much. Middle of the pack, mediocre teams. I mean, twenty-seven. It's twenty-three in the playoffs. I, that, that's awful. And for that reason, I what, what you just said. I think they could still get the five. Yeah. Because to me, it's Toronto. You know, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, four. Those are top four, right? Mm-hmm. And then, who's the best of the bottom four? I think it's still Indiana, even with the injury. You know, I will say, don't sleep on the Nets. I mean, D'Angelo Russell. Is, the guy's playing. The guy's hooping lately. He has turned a corner in his career. I think Magic Johnson is kind of kicking himself for trading him away. I mean, could you imagine having uh, it's, D'Angelo it's Russell at that point guard position? Lonzo. It's still early on Lonzo. Uh, well, at least D'Angelo Russell can hit a three and can hit a shot That's and like, create a shot and Lonzo's set gotten people better, up. He's gotten better shooter, I mean, too. D'Angelo Russell's averaging like 20 and like six or seven right now. Yeah. And we're, what's Lonzo averaging, like 10 or like five and five? Who knows? Some just like he's, high he's school numbers. right now. Yeah, he's hurt right now for the next month. So, and D'Angelo Russell's out there averaging 20 points, six assists, while Lonzo's watching from the sidelines. Too busy filming a reality show for Facebook than to concentrate on his basketball game. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where you're at, huh? That's where I'm at. I think the Nets are they're an up-and-coming team in the East. I'm pretty excited to watch what they can do. I think they are, too. I, I love Alan Crabb ever since he got traded from Portland. I, I loved him when he's in Portland. You know, I loved him in 2K. He was one of the most clutch players. From oh, whenever yeah, I, 2K. Yeah, because when me and my friends run 2K, we play head-to-head, we do three randoms. And whenever I got, whenever the best team available was Portland, Alan Crabb has hit a lot of clutch shots for me oh, in yeah. 2K. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, Shout out to Crabb, man. three from the on the arc, that's for sure. Absolutely. Are you ready Crabby. to wrap this up a little bit, the segment up? Yeah, let's do it. Next, we are talking some unsung heroes. We're not talking firefighters or guys with capes. Guys or in the police media officers or military people. The press they deserve. Stay with us. Welcome back into the pod. It's Mac and Miles. We were talking some unsung heroes right now. Guys in the media, like I just explained before the break. Guys who don't get a lot of attention from the media, but they are just out there hooping. Mac, who's your un- unsung hero this week? My unsung hero for this week is someone who's been looked looked at as a bust. Someone who is kind of received the bad end of the stick in his NBA career. Mm-hmm. Kind of bounced around a little bit. Bounced around from team to team. But he was the number one player in his draft class. He was the number three pick in the draft, or he was the number one player in high school, went to Duke, number three pick in the draft a couple of 
seasons ago. Dookie, huh? Jaleel Okafor. Okafor, all right. Jaleel Okafor. Uh-huh. I mean, the dude, he's a seven-foot throwback, kind of like Tim Duncan player, you know? like That's like, he's kind of like a poor man's Tim he's Duncan a, a little man, bit. He's a big man, that's for sure. He's been backing up Anthony Davis, and we, as we all know, Anthony Davis is a top five talent in the entire NBA. Top, five, He's like one of the best players. He's going to go down as one of the best players of all time, in my personal opinion. And so when you back up a player like Anthony Davis, you don't get very many minutes. However, though, you guys, Anthony Davis has had a little hurt finger, a little boo-boo on his finger, something like that, like a broken finger, dislocated, something like that. Against Portland, yeah. I saw so that. AD, Anthony Davis has been out, and Jalil Okafor has gotten an opportunity, and boy, has he seized this opportunity. All right, the last five games, the last five games, 19.7 points per game. Dang. 10.7 rebounds per game. And get this, they said he really needed to work on his defense. He wasn't an elite defender. He's slow, doesn't know how to really play defense. 2.7 blocks per game over this span. And in the span of 19.7, 10.7, rebounds per game he's only attempting 12 shots per game and he's shooting 75 percent from the field 36 of 48 shooting over the last five games wait he's scoring almost 20 points on only 12 shots 12 shots per game that's really efficient it's super efficient and get this his last game against the spurs his breakout game happened folks 24 points 15 rebounds three blocks 10 of 12 shooting four or five from the free throw line in 36 minutes and that's my own song here. Those are Jaleel some Okafor. Timmy D numbers for sure. Those are legit Tim Duncan. I mean, he's really showing out. He's really taken this opportunity and ran with it. And I think he's showing the Pelicans. He's showing the league a little bit of something like, yeah, Jaleel Okafor got overlooked in Philly because obviously, you know, when he was in Philly, they had Nerlens Noel. They had a hurt Joel Embiid who wasn't really playing. They just had a stockpile of seven footers that they really didn't need. They had too many of them. So he got ended up having to ride the pine over in Philly. Went to the Nets last year for like half a season at the deadline. Did his thing a little bit. Then went to New Orleans and had to back up Anthony Davis, which as we all know, if you're backing up a top five talent anywhere, you're not playing a lot of minutes. Well, before Davis's injury, he was really like third string. He was playing behind Miritich and guys like uh, your um, Julius Randle. Exactly. And now he gets a chance to play the solid five, which is his true position. Mm-hmm. Really back to the backs is sort of guy, old school, big man. I tell you what, and he's think, really running with I think opportunity. Gentry and New Orleans are maybe maybe breathing a sigh of relief. Obviously they don't want to lose Davis, but if they obviously you know, end up trading him or he doesn't resign, like he has said today, they're kind of maybe thinking like Man, at least we got Okafor. Like, I mean, if he can produce yeah. like this, then I mean obviously Okafor, he's not gonna play to the level that Davis can because like you said, Davis is top five talent. But if he can contribute something like that, you know, even on a nightly basis, not even that much, just like maybe a 20 and 10 guy on a nightly basis. And with the, and you throw in the two, 2.7 blocks per game, we're talking that's defensive player, like that's rim protection mm-hmm. at the big that's man position the paint up for, sure. for starters. And that efficiency too. That's and, you know, and on top of everything, like what people don't realize is Jalil Okafor, for as, as, it feels like he's been in the league forever. The dude's like 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's, if he can do that, he has so much time. He still has like five, six years until he was like he was prime, a prime. Duke, wasn't he? he was a one yeah. and done in Duke. And so if he can put up like around 16 and 10, 17 and 10, New Orleans can breathe a little bit sigh of relief knowing that they have a big man for the future that they can rely on. And hopefully they can really like give the ball to down low and really dominate the paint. As you can see, I mean, the man hasn't been able to miss in his past five games since no, he's really, really been hasn't. given the starting position since AD's been out. And 
That's my unsung hero, Jalil Okafor. That's Basically, a good pick. Thank you, Miles. I'm ex- I'm curious to hear who your pick is. You are okay. I'm going with the hometown guy, the Portland Trailblazer. Ooh, the Portland guy the player. Bench. Yeah, yeah. The the Maryland Terrapin, the six nine swingman, Jake Ooh, Lehman. Jake Lehman. I told you this before the pod, and you said, "Who's that?" Literally, I don't even know who Jake Lehman is. <laughs> and that is the epitome of unsung heroes. Exactly. This guy, I know you're an OKC fan. I know that, but you don't even know who this guy is. Okay. He's had a breakout season in his third year for Portland. And Portland, we've seen kind of develop players for the first two years, and then they finally get their chance in the third year. We saw it with Alan Crabb. We saw it with C.J. McCollum. We saw it with Pat Connaughton last year. All these guys kind of have breakout seasons in their third year in Portland. And anyway, Jake Lehman, the last eight games, he's averaging 13 a game. Not too shabby. He's had two games of 20 points against New Orleans when Anthony Davis broke his finger. This man scored 20 points in one quarter. In one quarter? In one quarter. He, that's work right there. How many was it like six threes or he something? He made like, like that? four threes in a row. Jesus. The man was balling. He's balling. so like he's got length. He's six nine. He's so springy. He can jump with anybody in the league. I'm talking like head above the rim hops, okay? Okay. Lately, I, in this in this streak where he's been playing so well, I don't I can't tell you how many times I've seen a Dame or a CJ or even a Nurkic eye contact with Layman, throw it up, lob, and he dunks it. Would you say Portland may have found their 3 and D caliber player? I don't know that Jake his Lehman? defense is, is, is there yet, but he can rebound. He runs the floor well. And he's the kind of guy, kind of like Pat Connaughton, who is always on the move. He's never standing still. He's always moving somewhere. He's always setting a screen for somebody. He's always cutting back door. He's always on a rebound, sprinting the whole floor, looking for an alley, you know, an alley-oop or, an, or a fast break. And I love those type of players. I mean, they're players that don't have to score to impact the game, and he really no, embraces don't. that role. And that's, right. I love seeing players like that because a lot of people, even like a lot of kids grow up and think they have to score to impact a basketball game, but yet they can set screens to get their teammate open for a wide-open shot and hit a three. And they can, they can play solid defense. They can do this and that. They contribute in different ways other than scoring. And it sounds like... Absolutely. Jake Lehman is really doing that in yeah, Portland I, I right don't now. know that his le- his defensive level is to where he, he can be laid well as a 3 and D guy yet, but he gets after it on defense, I'll tell you that. At least he gets after it. He gets I after enjoy, That's all you can ask for. I enjoy watching him so much, and I have. He's gotten, you know, he's gotten more playtime recently. He's averaging 22 uh, minutes a game this season, or in the last eight games, sorry, in this stretch where he's scoring a lot more. He's, he's playing about 22 minutes a game, and uh, I, I just enjoy watching him play every night. Portland may have found a diamond in the rough. I mean, nothing's more exciting than seeing a dude that has head over the rim hops, can create a highlight at any moment in the game and really turn that momentum towards his team when he makes a big play like that. Absolutely. I think Portland really has a diamond in the rough. Just like describing, I'll have to pay a little bit more attention to him, Jake yeah. Lyman, start following him a little bit more. Yeah. And we might have to give you guys an update Might'd on him. I like name I, here soon. I really like this unsung hero pick because, you know, Portland's been needing a third player. And how you described them coming Nur- out. I, I mean, Nurkic has emerged, but he's, Jake's more of a bench guy right now. He's that energy guy, but, yeah. you know, I don't think Nurkic is going to be that three player for, for we'll very see. much longer, yeah. in my personal opinion. We'll see, we'll see. All right, that is our picks for Unsung Heroes. Mac had Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor, yeah, and I had Jake Lehman of Portland. Stay with us. Up next, we're going to talk a little trade rumors, the big news of AD this morning. Stay with us. Welcome back in. Thank you for joining us. We are here in the studios of 88.1 The Berg. It is Mac. I am Miles. We're talking some trade rumors. We're going to talk about Anthony Davis and that big news in a minute here. But first, Mac, we're going to talk a little bit about Mike Conley. And we, we discussed it a little bit earlier in the show. You think he should go to the, the Pacers. Pacers. 
Pacers should make a move for him. I'm in the same boat as you. I think Memphis should blow it up, but I think Matt Conley would be better suited in somewhere like Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Now, why do you think they should go for the Pacers? Well, first off, I think think Memphis really has come to a point where they realize that they're really not going anywhere up. They're not going to be contending for a playoff spot. They owe their pick, their 2020 pick or their 2021 pick, depending on how it plays out, to Boston, the Boston Celtics. So the 2020 pick is a top six protected, meaning if the pick falls within the top six picks of this upcoming draft, of the 2020 draft, then they get to keep it. However, their 2021 pick that would go to Boston, so their two years from now pick, is unprotected, meaning Boston gets to have it no matter what. Memphis is currently already the 14th seed, so they're the second worst seed yeah, they're 20 and 30. in the Western Conference at 20 and 30. You think they should just tank and, and play the odds and try to get that top six pick? Uh, you know, I think they're not thinking about all the teams in the East. Like we're looking at Atlanta. No, I New mean Memphis. York. I mean Memphis. Oh, you're talking about the bad but, teams in the East, yeah. But yeah, but you got to look at the lottery how it's going to play out. Right. And so you're looking at like Atlanta, even Phoenix, Phoenix, Cleveland, Cleveland. Like there's even Those at 20 and 30. I mean, there's still like five or six teams that are worse than Memphis in this league. That's so true. they might they might end up and lose this pick. And at least next year they can go into full. So they, I would say they try to lose this the 2020 pick to Boston this offseason. Tank, get rid of Conley. They're already 20 and 30. They're already going to be like a, probably, I would say, in the range of 8 to 12 pick in the lottery. Currently, that's where I would predict them landing. So Boston gets that pick. They go into 2021 without Conley. And if they trade, if they trade Conley to the Pacers for a Bogdanovich, Tyreek Evans and Darren Collison, who are all on expirings. You lose all those players in the offseason anyway, plus the pick. You go to straight tank mode, try to get rid of Gasol, unload Gasol as well some, someplace else, which is a story what, for another if day. Pacer, if, uh, if the Grizzlies do not get a first-round pick out of either Gasol or Conley— They won't get a first-round pick. Maybe like a late lottery pick. No, I that's what I'm get... saying. Just a first-round pick. It doesn't have okay. to be lottery. Just a first-round pick. That I think is a fail on both those trades. I definitely agree with that. Because if you're going to dump both those guys and try to and try to tank and rebuild around a youth movement, you need picks, and they don't have them because they traded them to Boston. So if you trade away Conley, you trade away Gasol, and you don't get a first round pick back, they lost both of those trades, in my opinion. They tanked the tanking aspect of yeah. what they're trying to do. Because if you don't get a pick back, you're just in this middle, you know, middle of nowhere, no man's land, where you don't have picks. You have a couple young guys to build around, and like. Uh, you have Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson and uh, the guy from Oregon, Der- Der- Derek Brooks. Uh, you really think you can Devin build Brooks. around him? What is it? Darren? Sure. Derek? I, D. Brooks. Let's call him D. Brooks. Sure. <laughs> D. Dylan Brooks. It is Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But you got Dylan Brooks, you got Jalen you know, Jackson, and it's like, who else? Triple J and D. Brooks is who you got. Josh Selby, who is like a summer league MVP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Memphis really is in a weird, tight spot. I mean... To start off the year, they were balling. I mean, Marcus Gasol was hitting threes. It feels like Mike Conley was having double doubles or at least near double doubles every night. And now they've fallen off the cliff like a month and a half into the season. Marcus Gasol is back to like typical Marcus Gasol, averaging 15, 15 points a game, eight, eight and a half rebounds per game. He's just a slow old man out there on the He's court now. He's getting a little older, but he can definitely contribute for somebody like a contender. He can contribute, but I don't I don't know if he's going to be a starter anymore. I like, don't, you know, he doesn't have to be. If you're just going to be a contributor for a contender, you don't necessarily have to start. 
That is true. But his contract warrants like a starting like his contract is so yeah. big. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it it's like well, and that's probably why they haven't traded him to this point. Because no one of wants contracts. to take on his twenty million con twenty million plus contract. But a I feel year. like a guy like Conley is tradable because he's more valuable. And he just signed that. Yeah, he's a lot more valuable. I mean. Point guards in this league last a lot longer than big men in this league. That is, that's very Especially true. someone that can shoot the three like Conley, someone that can set up a team. Like Conley's game, I think, really sets him up later in his career. Because, I mean, he's going to be he's gonna be like that older Jason Kidd version. I feel like he's going to have like that. You know how Jason Kidd, when he was older in Dallas, New York, he could still set teammates up and still knock down mm-hmm. an open three. He was, he still was at, more of that pure point guard who would yeah, take Yeah, exactly. I, even when Mike Conley gets comes of age, I mean, he's still going to be a guy that can put up 12 or 13 points a night and then still get six to nine assists a night and still be effective out on the floor and still play scrappy defense and get those steals and I think he's really he just has a game that warrants that because he's not he's not super athletic so his knees don't have wear and tear really he's just a player that really can go out there so Mike Conley obviously offers a lot more value I think the pacer Memphis needs to blow it up anyway they can take the expirings of Tyreek Evans Darren Collison Bogdanovich get rid of Conley They'll get their, they'll lose their pick this season, but that's not a big deal. The draft is not, this upcoming draft is not that deep outside of like the top like six anyway, which it normally always is. Right. They can so then next year they get their, they won't lose their twenty twenty one pick, which would be unprotected, which arguably could be a top five pick next in twenty twenty one two years after they blow it up and then, bam, start their rebuild. I think that's what the move needs to be made. I think why not for Memphis? Why not for Indiana? I mean, the Pacers, they're not going to sign a free agent. They're going to need to make moves through the draft or through trading. They can get Mike Conley. As I said earlier in the pod, Mike Conley, Vic Oladipo, Thaddeus Young, and Miles Turner. That's not a bad starting five. And then try to, not, no. And then try to sign a 3 and D player like Trevor Ariza, a guy like that that can play, the, that can play wing, the three position for you effectively. And... I think you're sitting a little bit pretty, or maybe try to bring Tyreek Evans back again and run him and him at the three, and then there you go, something like that. I think the Pacers could make a move like that and still be competitive in the East. And they'd be stout defensively as well. Exactly, very stout defensively, and then Memphis can go in to their rebuild mode and try to get their franchise back to where it was in the earlier in this decade, like the 2010s, 2011s, when they were going toe to toe with yeah. some of the best teams in the West. But yeah, Absolutely. that's why I, like I think that. this should happen. I do like that trade idea. But another one I saw was was the Bucks, and I forget exactly who the Bucks would send back. And it was like a it was like one of those trade machine things from okay, what'd you one, think, some like, reporter, and they were sending back. I think it was like Brogdon, Bledsoe. Yeah, it was like Brogdon, Bledsoe, and somebody else. I don't know. Oh, I think it was uh, the, the guy who requested a trade, Thon Maker. Thon Maker, yeah. Yeah, him. So it was those three for for Mike Conley. Uh, I just I don't want to do that. If those I was are Milwaukee. okay pieces, but for Milwaukee, I think I don't know. That's I don't know if that's totally worth it. If you can get some kind of variation of those pieces, you know, I think Don yeah. Maker for sure. He's kind of lost his role in Milwaukee. Yeah, unfortunately, he was. I think a he's stud. on his way out. But I think you you're not, you're gonna have to give up somebody like Brogdon or. Um, it all so. falls Bledsoe. on Memphis, to get I feel Memphis, like, yeah. To get Conley to come back. And I think for them, a Conley for Bledsoe would be fine because I think Conley's a better point guard anyway. He can give you more defensively. And then also, from beyond the arc, as far as a facilitator too, because, I mean, Bledsoe, he's like a fringe all-star, but I don't know that he's the piece that Milwaukee needs if they want to make a long run. You know, they just had an article the other day actually on ESPN come out about Eric Bledsoe and about the season he's having, about how he's finally found like a home he's happy in and stuff. 
And I think this, I personally don't really like that trade for Bledsoe and Conley. I just feel like, I just see this view as more of like from where Memphis wants to go with their team. And it's obvious they want to go in a tanking direction. And I just feel like taking on a guy like Bledsoe is he's just going to get bought out in the end. And it's just going to be a waste of Mike Conley. I think they got to, and then also I feel like Bledsoe's been pretty good with Milwaukee this season, I will say. Mm -hmm. I just don't see. I don't also don't see Milwaukee trading away Bloodsoe anytime soon. I think they they really like him. And if they take Conley in for Bloodsoe, that's 195 million you got to account for on the table. Yeah, that's lots, and a lot of money. You're gonna break up that roster that's been around together for a long, long time. Oh yeah. And then you're gonna lose some key pieces of that Bucks team. I don't think that's gonna make Giannis very happy in the end. And if they lose no. Giannis, that team is going into oblivion like the Grizzlies find themselves in now. Look, Mac, I think regardless of who Mike Conley goes to, I think we can both agree that the Grizzlies need to trade Mike Conley. <laughs> they, yeah, they need to break up their yeah. team, and they need to find some expiring contracts that they want to take and go into full tank mode. Absolutely. Let's uh, transition now into the AD talk. The big announcement this morning, Rich Paul, Anthony Davis's agent, says uh, announces to the team, uh, the Pelicans, that Anthony Davis will not re-sign a contract with the Pelicans and he wants to be traded. That was a big bombshell this morning in the world of the NBA. Mac, before we get into who he could be traded for, because I think the obvious early ones right now, like the Lakers, Celtics, when do you think he gets traded? You know, I don't think he gets traded at the deadline. Deadline, The trade deadline is February 6th, I believe. So let's. today is the 28th. February 6th is not next, this Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Right? Next Wednesday. No, okay, Wednesday. So that means they have... So that means New Orleans has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have eight days, and the trade deadline is at ends or expires at three p.m. So they basically have seven and a half days to get a deal done. That is not enough time to consider a trade like Anthony Davis, a player like Anthony Davis, as top five talent in the NBA. He's going to be a future first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's not enough time. I think he either gets traded this summer. Or by the next trade deadline, I I think they got to hold. New Orleans has to be greedy here, hold on to them. I mean, Boston due to restrictions and this and that, like weird contract NBA stuff that I don't think anyone really understands besides owners and GMs. Boston <laughs> can't really trade right. They can't trade at the moment for for AD. The only team that can really trade for AD currently is the Lakers. But yet the Lakers really don't have much to offer. I mean, Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, the thing that they came out today was it was Zubak, Kuzma, and Lonzo, and that's a real head scratcher. I don't, I just don't see New Orleans taking that. Looking from at New Orleans' point of view, they're gonna want the bag for AD. Absolutely. And if I'm if I'm the Lakers, you're gonna have to offer Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, and Zubak for AD. And even if you get brought in AD and you lose Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo. And Zubak, I mean, you're blowing up your. That's five key players to your roster currently. I mean, yeah, you can you can make the argument. Yeah, we can just sign veterans to a one year deal. <laughs> no, that's not gonna work. That's not sustainable. No. Those guys LeBron's aren't, aren't the kind of guys you want for championship. No, rounds you're not gonna have LeBron and AD. I'm sorry. Maybe in a fantasy land, it's a championship. Maybe like five years ago in the NBA, it's definitely, you could, you could do that trade and win with LeBron and AD in this NBA. They're not going to win. I wouldn't see them beating, even with LeBron, if they traded those, if the Lakers traded those five players in Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, and Zubak for LeBron and AD, 
first off, I don't know who they're going to bring in. Like, who are they going to bring in for shooters, this and that? They're going to have nobody. They're going to have Dirty Lance, Lance Stevenson, Old Man Rondo, who can't shoot. He can't hit the broadside of a barn, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. <laughs> and they're just going to – it's just not sustainable. I really don't like Anthony Davis to the Lakers. I don't see him going to the Lakers, especially when there's a lot better trades out there that New Orleans can get. So I see him wait until the summer at least to see what Boston has to offer. Right. And at least seeing what other teams can offer. Maybe, I mean, even New York, if New York, let's say they, so let's say we're in the lottery now, we're fast forwarding time. New York gets a top three pick in the lottery. So even like one. You think they'd be willing to trade the top three pick for Davis? Top three pick plus Porzingis for Anthony Davis and then go oh, off. Plus it, Porzingis? And yeah. And then go off and try to get um, a commitment from Kyrie or a Jimmy Butler type player. Okay. Yeah. That's, that that's, that's interesting. I yeah. still think that's better. That's a better offer than what the Lakers still have to offer. I would argue you'd want to keep Porzingis. I would definitely go. But if you want Anthony Davis, I mean, Anthony Davis is only 25 years old. Right. Porzingis is like 24, 23 years old. So and there's he's not. Had a bad, he had a torn bad ACL. history injury. So, so injury history. And I mean, even if that's that's a better trade package than what the Lakers have to offer. I think the Lakers don't have anything to offer. I mean, when you look at the, what the Lakers have, Lonzo Ball, not a future all-star. Brandon Ingram, not a future all-star. Kyle Kuzma, maybe a one- or two-time all-star, fringe all-star for his career. Josh Hart, not a future all-star. Zubak, he's like an Omar Oshik, if you know who that is from back yeah, in the day. Yeah. Six, He's going to give you 6.6 6 rebounds in the end when it's all said and done. Why would New Orleans take any trade from the Lakers? I just don't see it personally. I just can't see it. I see the Knicks have a better package and in their lottery pick plus Porzingis, and then they can go off and they have the cap space to go sign a marquee free agent. And New York's a pretty – New York has just as much glitz and glamour as L.A. for starters. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, personally, I'd rather live in New York than L.A. That's me personally. Yeah, I agree with you. And so, yeah, New York is a desirable city. You can try to get Jimmy Butler – and Clay and Thompson, I don't think Clay Thompson is leaving Golden State, but Mm-mm. you know you can try at least try to like woo him a little bit. Maybe he maybe yeah, shocks the world. I do agree but with you. Mac, I could that. see Kyrie and Jimmy Butler going to New York, and then with AD, and then you can just that's a that's decent. You fill out that roster. I do agree with you though. I think they wait until the summer. I don't think they trade him at the deadline. No, that's too. If a, if a, I, I, don't think, I don't think trade, the timetable is an yeah. issue. If they wanted him out, they would get him out. Yeah. And here's the thing. For the Pelicans, I think they could get more value for him right now because you have these contending teams like the Lakers and the Celtics who are like, oh, if we added AD, we could win a championship. Are the Lakers really contending? They're 26 and 24 as the ninth seed in the West currently, and LeBron is not due right. back for another But you also weeks. know that Magic Johnson whiffed on PG-13, and he's not going to let that happen again. You know, this Magic Johnson, if he does not get – if he does not get a free agent this season, which I'm really not sold that the Lakers are going to get a free agent, as we said earlier, I mean, how many players have been linked to the Lakers this past year and a half, and how many of them have came, or how have the Lakers even made a move for them? They haven't. If Magic Johnson strikes out in this free agent class, if I'm Genie Bus, I'm firing him. I'm like, you're all talk. You have a whole bunch of charisma, this and that. That's cute. Yeah, players like you because you're obviously a basketball legend who, as a basketball player, why would you not look up to a legend like Magic Johnson? Right. And so I would fire him. I mean, he was all this talk. He was all this and that. He t- he became L.A. He became a typical L.A. And it's just like, 
You know, dude, L.A. was cool in the 80s when they were, there weren't drug tests. There, you could sniff all the coke in the world that you wanted to. You could party <laughs> like Magic Johnson. I mean, yeah, it was cool then. And look at where Magic happened. He had to retire early because, um, because of his um, obscene partying and ended up getting right. HIV. So right. yeah. he had to retire due to that. And, you know, that L.A. was cool in the 90s. I mean, nowadays, these players are making so much money. If they really want to go party, first off, they have from June all the way until, until mid-October to go do whatever they want. Whatever they want. They have so much money. These guys, we're talking so much money here. They can go fly. They can go to Cancun every weekend if they really wanted to. <laughs> they go spend a month in Cancun. So living in L.A. is really nothing to these guys. I mean, right. it's like, yeah, we can live in LA for five, almost six months out of the year, five months, four right. months out of the year. And a lot and of then, guys do that. They'll go to LA and do summer workouts. Exactly. Like half the NBA does it. And it's just like, there's LA kind of lost its appeal with all these like other up and coming cities. I mean, it's not really like the glitz and glamour of LA is probably the most overrated discussion of why people want to go to play for the Lakers. In my opinion, I think it's very overrated. And then, I think it's more the history of the team. I mean, yeah, it's history, but who cares? History is history. It's in the past. We're talking about the present, the future, yeah, the now. We point. don't care about, oh, you, that was cute in the 80s. You had the Showtime Lakers. You were relevant in the night in the early 90s for about two years, from like 1990 to 91. And then you were you were kind, you were kind of relevant in the later 90s in 97, 98. And, and then they three-peated. Yeah, then they three-peated in the early in 2000 to Got 2003. Two and then they lost in 2004. Right? Um, no, they what's it called? They didn't win. The Lakers won their next ring after they went to the finals in 91 with Magic and they played that's when Jordan got his first ring. Right. And then obviously the Bulls dominated all the way up and then 99 I they did not win a ring in 99. They went they won in 2000. I can't remember who won the title in 99, but I know it wasn't LA. Then they went to the, to the finals from 2000 2004 they won it from they won it 2000 2001 2002 when they three-peated and then they three-peated they three-peated no they didn't three-peated. No, they, they two-peated there was that there was like like four or five years where it was boston la every yeah finals. and then so yeah so it's like cool the lakers the past is the past and yeah i don't i'm not a big fan of la anyway i mean kd said it best do you really want to play with LeBron? Look at what it does to players' stock. Kyrie got traded for Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Kyrie Irving that's, that's all you got say. traded for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, that's all you got to say. That's what it does. Someone that you could probably get a top three pick in the draft for got traded for Isaiah Thomas, who is a sixth man in the, for the Denver Nuggets now. Right, right. And then Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin he's Love injured. was averaging. He's injured, but yeah. Hey, I mean, he's injured, but even with LeBron, when they traded for him, this dude was like, what, a 25 and 15 player every night, getting 25 points, 15 rebounds, somewhere in there, like the 15 rebound mark and putting up points, shooting the three. Definitely. A now I would argue guy. teams wouldn't even pay, teams wouldn't even trade a top 10 pick for him. And mm. that's unheard of. Yeah, probably not. And that's unheard of. Someone that used to average in the 20 and 15 range, and you're not going to trade a top 10 pick for. Like that's that's the way LeBron brings to you. I mean, look at Chris Bosh. I mean, even when Chris Bosh when he first came to Miami, I mean, he was considered in Toronto. He was considered like the best power forward in basketball. 
And now you look at him, he went to Miami, and then he was just looked at, I was just like, yeah, he's an all right player. I mean, he's nothing like, he's something special. He's just like, he's like the DeMar DeRozan. He went from like top of the world, like Dirk Nowitzki 2011 finals caliber player to now he's just like a DeMar DeRozan level player just for one season playing LeBron. I mean, he really derails your value in a lot well, of he ways. He dominates the ball so much too. And I just don't know if players really want that. I'm, I don't know if players really want to deal with the stress of playing with LeBron. I mean, being under a talk about being under a microscope. I mean, yeah. forget that. I think AD. I mean, it's. I mean, the idea is cool. I mean, it is LeBron James. He is arguably the best basketball player to ever play. I mean, you can. He's obviously a basketball legend, but he's 34. His groin is the first part of his body to, as we see, get hurt. And I just I don't know if, why would AD want to go play with LeBron for two years, three years while he's still good, and then have to carry a bum Lakers team and a bum Lakers roster, and just basically do what he was doing in New Orleans. Because after LeBron, LeBron's 34, he's gonna retire. I would say after his contract's done, so he signed the four-year contract. He's gonna probably retire or go sign a one-year when his um, son goes to the league, if his son does make it to the league, and play with his son for a year. Who knows? And then Anthony Davis is right back where he was, where he is right now with the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, you would hope the Lakers could draft a little, you know, keep drafting well to stock their roster once LeBron's gone. But that's just, we don't know. You know, that's a couple years down the road. I mean, the problem is with bringing in LeBron, you're not going to get a high draft pick. You're not going to be able to draft. I mean, how often do you get a player like Kyle Kuzma who falls all the way to the 27th pick in the draft? How often? That's a rarity. That's a rarity. I mean, the last player to fall that far that I can remember that it was so good it was Jimmy Butler when he got drafted. He was the last pick in the first round of the draft. So I mean, doesn't come around often when when you have guys that get drafted so late that become impact players. And even Kuzma really hasn't done much. He's pretty much been the same player he was last year. I mean, averaging sixteen and like five, and that's about it. Yeah, that's gonna close the segment. We are going to come back and close out the show entirely with uh, some picks. Stay with us. Pick of the litter. Welcome back into the pod. We're going to close out the show just real quick here with some picks against the spread. Picks of the litter. Mac, you and I, we actually agreed on the first one, and that game is on February 2nd, right? It is on February 2nd. We got we got the Timberwolves both over agree. Denver. No, no. You think the Timberwolves are going to beat Denver? Yeah, I got the Timberwolves beating Denver in Minnesota. No, Minnesota's favored, man. Are they? Yeah. So I'm picking Denver to go into Minnesota. Oh, well, we got the opposite ones then. Yeah, okay. Okay, you got different ones? Yeah, I got... Well, first off, I think we got to give our fans and our viewers an That's update true. on our last picks of the litter. Anyways, I was 0-4 going into last week. And Hoping I could get it done. the continues. And, yeah, I'm 0-6 now. Wow. The Kings lost to the Clippers on Saturday, and New Orleans lost to my OKC Thunder, which, you know, I'll take it. I'll take my Thunder getting it done. Yeah, for sure. On thurs- last Thursday. So, so you now fall 0-6, huh? I fall to 0-6 on the season in my picks of the litter. I didn't do much better last week. Also 0-2. The difference is I started out hot, so I've fallen out of 3-3. I picked uh, Milwaukee to go into OKC. They did not win that game. 
I also picked Phoenix to go into L.A. and beat the Lakers, and they did not. They so, lost by six. 0-2 for me as well. I fall to 3-3. Three and three. Mac looking for his first win on the season still. Trying to get the monkey off my back. Mac, and I think, hopefully these uh, two next week, hopefully you get one of them at least. You know, I think I got it this week. I think I'm going 2-0. Okay. Okay, so what's your first one? I got the Wizards over the Pacers on the 30th. So this coming Wednesday, the Pacers got to go into D.C. and play the Wizards. And you know, with this Victor Oladipo injury so fresh in their minds, Bradley Beal has been going absolutely bonkers lately. I mean, the dude's out, since John Wall's been out, he's averaging like 30 points and like oh yeah, he's six. He's six. Okay. I mean, he's, he's balling. He is absolutely balling. So I got. I don't think the Pacers can contain the Wizards and Bradley and the Bradley Beal show. So I got the Wizards over the Pacers, and then on Saturday, February 2nd, I got the Minnesota Timberwolves over the Nuggets. Denver's got to go into Minnesota and play the T-Wolves. I'm kind of worried about my infatuation, my little crush that I have on the Timberwolves because, you know, I think those young guys, I mean, they're cool in the regular season, but come when when it's really time to get down, buckle up. and Get down to business. Get down to business. I feel like they won't show up, but, you know. I had the Timberwolves over Denver this Saturday in Minnesota. I like that pick. I had the same one. And the second one for me, though, is also on Saturday, February 2nd. I think Philly's going to go into Sacramento and lose, and Philly's favored in this one. Because like I said before, Sacramento ain't no slouch anymore. They're not those a boys, slouch. Those boys can shoot out there. Yes, And they, they play can. fast. They play wide. They get out and run. And I actually I love watching the Sacramento Kings play. They're pretty fun. They shoot a lot of threes. Deer and Fox uh-huh. is just super they exciting and electrifying. Pace. Here's the thing, though. Jimmy Butler's out. Wilson Chandler's day-to-day for that game. Philly is 3-4 and four on the road versus the West. Yeah, Philly's had some trouble. I mean, first off, I mean, going from Philadelphia all the way over to California, that's a long, A couple of weeks ago, Philly flight. came into Portland and got blown out. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough. They went into OKC and also lost, didn't they? They did. A couple of weeks ago. They did. Yeah. Not they, a good start. They do not travel well. Philly does not travel well, so that's why I think they go into Sacramento and get upset. Sacramento, like I said, they're, they're hooping, man. They're balling. Yes, they are. They're a team to, that's that's not a slouch. It's not a rollover gimme game anymore. Absolutely not. I mean, they're the number two shooting team from three in the entire NBA. Absolutely. Those are our picks for this week. Mac, we are a basketball show. We're an NBA show, but we can't avoid the elephant in the room. It's Super Bowl Sunday this week. Real quick, who you got? I got the Patriots. You got to respect greatness and Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going for six. And he's going to go on that Jordan-esque run and get a six ring. You think so? And, yeah, I mean, you got to respect I, greatness. I, it pains me to say it. I don't really want the Patriots to win, but I think they will. I can't root for a team like the Rams are in my Seahawks division. I'm not going to root for any team in the NFC West that's in the Super Bowl other than the Seahawks. So that's where I stand. I'm going with the Patriots and Tom Brady. I agree with you there. That's a solid pick. There we go. That's a solid pick. That's going to close the show for us today. Thank you for tuning in. He is Mac. I am Miles. Have a good one.